Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, go to PCAPaintEd.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the Apple Store and Google Play. In today's podcast, we feature an episode from Ask a Painter Live with Nick Slavic. Special show today, and it's actually a show that's going to kick off a really uh, cool series of things here. So uh, today we're going to do a tape AMA, Ask Me Anything. And I've been collecting, uh, I've been collecting uh, questions from people here too. Uh, I put a call out for some questions, and uh, I got some really good questions, some thoughtful questions, and as I would expect from people who watch the show here. So... Um, before we get into tape, uh, anything that you guys have ever wanted to know about tape, uh, I have been messing around with this stuff for 30 years, and uh, I have lots of deep thoughts, um, even on the sort of um, um, big debate of tape versus no tape. I have some very deep thoughts on that, and normally I don't get too spicy on the internet about all this stuff, but uh, yeah, I do have some deep thoughts on that because uh, there is data and there is feelings, and one time, uh, and sometimes, the data overwhelms the feelings or the feelings overwhelms the data. So uh, I will also uh, touch on that before the end of the show. Um, also, um, I made a pin post of all my upcoming master's classes. Uh, I put my next four up there. We're doing kind of a mini Midwest tour here. Uh, I will actually be doing my homecoming class in, uh, in the Graco World Headquarter Thanks to Sherwin-Williams this next Friday here in Minnesota. These are going to be all of my people. Um, I think they're already having some capacity issues on that one. Uh, we have a wonderful uh, Graco uh, and Sherwin-Williams workforce in the area, and they are doing lots of personal invites. So if you guys want to see me on my home territory, give master's classes, see all your favorite people from Sherwin-Williams, and get a tour of the brand new Graco facility. Uh, they, they did a, a renovation a couple years ago, and through COVID, kind of got shut down. There's not a lot of people there. We usually have gathering of Minnesota painters meetings there, things like that. That did not happen for a while. So this next Friday, if you want to come to this class, there is a pin post on my Ask a Painter Live and Nick Slavic Painting and Restoration page with a link to register. If not, get a hold of me. I can take care of you. Uh, we're also doing Nebraska. We're doing Michigan. We're doing Ohio. Mini Midwest tour coming up here to kind of round out the year. And uh, this show, Tape AMA, Ask Me Anything, you wouldn't think many people have deep thoughts on tape. I have all the thoughts on tape. I, uh, through most of my career as a master craftsperson, I spend a ton of time prepping, masking, uh, getting surfaces ready for paint, and this stuff has everything to do with that. And uh, it can make your day, it can ruin your day. So this is a very special show here today. It is gonna kick off a series of Mastering the Basic shows where I go through the minutia of, of masking. Of taping. It's going to be exterior. It's going to in, be interior. It's going to be cabinets, walls, uh, trim. It's going to be decorative stuff too. So uh, those are all in the works here. Uh, this is just kind of the kickoff show where we start talking about kind of the, uh, we skim over the top of all the hills of, of tape, ask me anything. So all your deep thoughts, if you guys have ever wanted to know something, if you have deep feelings on something and want to know if somebody else shares it, I can likely share that opinion or, uh, or not, at least give you the data behind it. So 
Um, trying to think if there's any more house cleaning stuff, uh, housekeeping stuff we got to do before we go. Um, okay, before we get into the actual tape stuff, um, you would think that a lot of this stuff is very straightforward, very clear, and for the most part it is. But there's a lot of kinds of ins and outs uh, and, and special things that I've learned over the years. Number one, before we even jump to tape, it's going to be the stuff to apply tape. Um, my company is known for this. We call these prep pouches. Uh, we get these, these are, uh, we're lucky enough to find that we can actually get white ones, like painter white ones. They got really sturdy webbing. They got a super good industrial buckle on the front of that thing there. And a couple big pouches here. Uh, obviously, uh, we slap our logo on these things. And when somebody comes into my company, brand new, on their first day with me, I'm the, I'm the familiar face that they meet when they come into my company, they actually get issued one of these that is theirs. They carry this around everywhere with them. Uh, another cool thing that I've learned over the years uh, is uh, tape book. Uh, these are insanely useful. Um, people ask me all the time where you get these things. Uh, I think the best way to search for them is probably tool hook. I believe this one is just like a carpenter's tool hook. It's a utility hook made to be put on a carpenter's work belt where you can hang a drill, you can hang a nail gun, other stuff, but it holds a, uh, a roll of tape perfectly here. And instead of putting it in your mouth or setting it down or jamming it into a pocket where you can actually um, deform the edges of it, it's so nice to just put this guy right on uh, the tape, right on the hook there uh, and just kind of walk around with that. The reason for the prep pouch, uh, carpenters wear pouches for a reason because they carry so many things that if they just had to put them in their pockets or just carry them around and set them everywhere, you'd be walking everywhere trying to go back and find all of your stuff. Same thing goes with painters, except we don't need all the ones that kind of circle you like this, like a bandolier sort of thing. We just need a couple little um, pouches here. And I have been accused of my earlier years of carrying a whole bunch of stuff around, almost like a carpenter. I have whittled this down to basically four things, give or take. Uh, the most important being uh, a cleaning brush. And uh, my, uh, my favorite one is when I have a personal connection to a brush, but it is past its normal useful life. Uh, this is a brush that I did a, a really cool trim project with probably eight or nine years ago. And it, it's a purdy, it's got that really cool kind of copper ferrule on it like that. Sturdy, sturdy hardwood handle. Um, it's just past its useful life as an enamel brush, which means you know it, it's, it'd be a really good exterior, interior standard paintbrush, but just doesn't have the fineness and refinement. You know, we've used it up a little bit. So uh, I, I uh, uh, I retired it, I sawed off the handle, uh, sanded it over a little bit, and now it is my cleaning brush. It's been here for seven, eight, nine years with me, give or take. And uh, I love objects with a little history. I love objects with a little character and uh, hand oil and smoothness and everything else. Uh, we got a lot of repetitions with, uh, with these things. So number one that goes in there, uh, cleaning brush. Number two, obviously, the multi-tool, the five-in-one. Uh, in my company, uh, I was raised 30 years ago to call these actual painter's tools. And now this one happens to be the purdy folding version of that. I just think these are really, really cool. They're sturdy, they're stainless steel, they're built really well, uh, and they actually get compact, so you can uh, carry them around a little easier. But uh, for my entire life, I've used uh, the five-in-one tools. And of course, some of my favorites were the wood-handled ones because they would have a little character and it felt like it would, they were a little more refined and, and they end, ended up being a little heavier than some of the blow-form molded plastic ones like that. 
Uh, but I like the Purdy. They are sturdy, and uh, the stainless on these is really, really good. And it doesn't seem to wear out as much. Uh, you'd be surprised, but you know the five and ones normally have a flat end and then a sharp end like this. And when you get a cheap like six dollar five and one with a plastic handle, you can actually round over those edges uh, quite fast, uh, surprisingly. So now, yeah. uh, next tool, pop that guy in there. I always carry a utility knife as well too. You never know, especially when you're masking with a bunch of plastic, these come in handy. Regular masking of baseboards, I usually don't use utility knives, but again, one thing that weighs almost nothing, especially when you get the disposable snap blades and you can pop it in here and uh, yeah, doesn't doesn't hurt you to carry around. So I go little compartment there, and then uh, I just carry a straight screwdriver with me. Now this one, I'm bragging, brand agnostic. I don't care, I don't need a nice tool. This one happens to be just a hardware store special, but what I like about this is we call it the snub nose. This is smaller like this. It's probably a, uh, a number two, give or take. And again, got a lot of history, but it's a little snubby one. So the thinking is if you're ever crawling around uh, masking baseboards and you did forget that one outlet cover or, uh, or that uh, switch plate cover or something like that, you have that with you again, so you don't have to get up and go somewhere else and do that stuff too. So that goes in kind of the pouch on the front there. And basically that's it. I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff you could put in these things, but honestly, that's what I like to carry around. When you talk about EDC, everyday carry, uh, this is what I carry. And uh, typically what I do is I carry knee pads, respirator, and this along with my lunch. And that's kind of how I go around. This is kind of my kit, uh, the things that I do here. So uh, let me go through a couple comments here and then we're gonna get to, let's see. Oh man, thanks everybody watching tonight. We got a lot of people here tonight. So uh, love them for exterior prep. Jesse Allen, Jesse, how's it going? Oh man, so many familiar. Oh, Alex Marks, how's it going, Alex? My most senior craftsperson. All right, everybody, let's see. Bob Galensky, how's it going? <laughs> Good to see you, man. Bob and I uh, Bob and I talk via email once in a while here. Um, oh yeah, Bob, don't forget to mention the can opener on the end of the tool. <laughs> Absolutely, so um, yeah, can opener here. I, I usually open the cans this way here. Uh, what I found with the Purdy tool, it's got a pretty stout uh, bottom end too, so if you gotta pound something in like that, uh, it's pretty cool, so yeah. But that's kind of my everyday carry uh, as far as that goes. Now. Harken back to uh, when I started in the trades, you basically had tan, crappy masking tape. And the stuff was, I don't know, it came in big boxes, big rolls, but bunches of rolls, bulk, things like that. Sometimes you got good batches, sometimes you got bad batches. It's all high tack. The paper was really kind of like a crappy cray paper. You could kind of see through it. And uh, really, you had to be careful that if you left it for more than a day or two, it kind of stuck and it could really leave a lot of residue if you buy like the low end stuff. Uh, then along came blue painter's tape, which was like a crazy big innovation. And then we got used to, oh, wait a second, there's like a better refinement. It's a better paper. It's a better adhesive. It sticks really well, but it doesn't leave residue. And, and the tape actually stays together. Uh, a lot of that old tan masking tape were almost like brittle. The paper would rip. When you go to rip it off a baseboard, it would tear a lot. With uh, with the normal blue stuff way back in the day, uh, it kind of held together and you can kind of peel it off and want. It felt a little more flexible, a little more pliable. You could form it around corners, things like that. Uh, it was really cool here. So, uh, da, 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 da. Rick Mixell, I can't believe I never thought to buy a pouch. <laughs> now, interesting story. Not many people know this backstory about me, but um, I want to say it was somewhere between 10 and 15 years ago. Um, I was, um, I was just at my local supply store and, um, you know, getting the normal tape and paint, whatever else. And I saw a crazy green box, uh, container like this 
with a green lid. And I had never seen tape come in its own little container like this. And uh, I was really curious about it. Like, you know, in, in my world, you don't often see big innovations, things like that. Like it's a slow, it's a slow world. We do, you know, tan masking tape for 30 years and then blue shows up and then we do blue for 20 years. And then now something really interesting was happening. Um, I started seeing this around and it was called frog tape. And I was really curious about it at that time. And uh, you know, when you have to put a, um, um, a cartoon character on the front and change the color of the tape, uh, my knee jerk reaction was gimmick. But I will say this, that the, my supply store gave me a stack of the original uh, frog tape like this when it was still kind of being tested. I took it back and literally, it's one of the only times where I can say somebody gave me a product and it literally changed my expectations and changed the way I painted. So now when I was using tan or regular blue tape way back in the old days, you would tape a bedroom and you would pull it up and I would always expect three to six touch-ups, something that curled underneath. We had a little tape bleed, maybe the, uh, uh, maybe the tape didn't adhere as well, uh, something like that, or, or the tape ripped and now you gotta kind of scrape it off and touch up the paint, things like that. After using the original frog tape, my expectation was if you tape the room right, it would all come off in one strip, zero touch-ups. And I couldn't believe it. I literally couldn't believe it. It was actually an innovation. Now, when it, it was such a big innovation and such a big change in the way I do stuff, like it took my expectations where I was taping the same way, but instead of three to six touch-ups, I had zero touch-ups per bedroom. And it was just like, it was blowing my mind. Like I don't even have to put forth any extra effort or anything else. So I went back to my supply store and I said, I, you gotta give me a hold of these people here. I'm, I'm very curious about them. Turns out there was a innovation company uh, right down the road, about a half an hour from my house, that actually created frog tape. They were kind of like a home consumer goods company. They dabble in the painting world, this and that. The long gist of it is that they took a chemical, they treated the two edges of the tape so that when liquid hit it, it would actually coagulate. And then it was like, oh my God, of course it does, something like that. And I data matched feelings. They said that's what they did and it actually matched on my job site. So literally for the last 10 or 15 years, um, back when frog tape came out, I was using the three quarter inch. I think it's like a metric size. It's a little less than three quarter inch, but all my company used for almost a decade, uh, maybe even 12 years was just straight green tape. Absolutely love the stuff, mainstay, staple. It's just a beauty of a product. And literally it's one of those things where um, I get handed a lot of products. We all do as painters, right? They say, hey, try this out. This is brand new. And you're like, eh. It's all right, I guess, whatever. Some of them don't even do anything. Some of them are actually worse. They cost more and do less for us. This is literally one of those innovations where the proof is in my buying. For the last 12 to 15 years, we have been a frog tape company. Built on the back of green tape, it literally changes the way we paint. We expect no touch-ups when we tape a room correctly, like when we paint walls, things like that. Now, there's been lots of innovation over the years, and I love that stuff. So. Uh, sure tape uh, uh, create uh, excuse me makes and distributes uh, frog tape now and uh, they've made a lot of other innovations as well too so uh, soon after we saw yellow the delicate which I was very happy to see and I love the simple color coding on this stuff too uh, I also love that they come in uh, their own containers because the edges don't get dented or deformed or uh, it keeps moisture out as well too which is nice because uh, if we're ever out on a humid day uh, or you spill something on them that's not good for these tapes either so yellow came along and the delicate stuff so um, uh, 
awesome, awesome product. Um, super high quality paper. Like we always think about the adhesion, uh, the adhesive and stuff on them. But um, one of the things that I admire is like a super high quality cray paper or actual paper that you can, uh, that the tape is made out of. Uh, it makes a big difference when you're pulling it all off a room and, uh, you know, comes off in one piece or not. So um, blue frog tape. So the commercial stuff, uh, I usually just refer to it as the blue commercial frog tape, give or take. Uh, it comes in the four pack rolls, give or take. It's got the one size. Um, we have since moved my entire company to this. Uh, we buy a ton of this stuff. We use a ton of this stuff because of the size and because of the four, four rolls, it's super economic. And uh, we've actually switched our company over. You guys know, I'm gonna talk about this in a little bit. I like simplicity. I like readily available. I like things that don't take much more effort that you can put in an apprentice's hands and get a world-class finish. So we have since converted the entire company over both inside and exterior to this, uh, inside and outside. Alex Marks, my most senior craftsperson watching tonight, um, some of my senior people do have some other preferences. Maybe we have some delicate, maybe we have some orange, maybe we still have some green and they use those, that's fine. But when I teach the apprentices, we teach them there's a tape. You do not have to worry about tape. If you see one of these blue rolls, you have got the correct tape. And in an apprenticeship program, that is very, very important because we do not want the apprentices thinking about, did I get the right tape? Did I get the right brush? Did I get the right paint? Uh, did I get the right roller cover? We have one roller cover, we have one wall paint, we have one tape, we have one prep pouch with a couple tools to make it work. I want our apprentices and our people thinking about the client experience and thinking about elevating their craft so they can win some national awards like this over here. So simplifying is a big thing for me. And when you have an economical tape, comes in big packs, uh, a good size, uh, the inch and a half, but again, I know it's metric, it's a little smaller than that. You can use it inside, you can use it outside, it's awesome. Now, two other innovations which are really cool. The high adhesion, the orange stuff came along and obviously like orange is one of my favorite colors. I'm partial to orange anyway. So I was like, ooh, orange tape, this is nice. Uh, immediately we found a use for it with some exterior projects, things that are harder to uh, adhere to. So you think about shingles, you think about bricks, you think about masonry, uh, you think about even some humid days. Now this last year, high bond. This is the good stuff. It's very high adhesion. You can even see it right there, very high adhesion. Uh, Interesting thing that they call out on this too, sticks to self-cleaning paints. My house is a self-cleaning paint, uh, Rain Refresh. And some of that stuff has that sloughing layer, things like that. And uh, especially on humid days, um, you can sometimes have some adhesion issues with that stuff. So uh, typically what we do, depending on how we repaint the exterior of a house, we'll have, lots of, um, we'll have lots of different options for outside. We obviously try to go with blue. If that stuff's not uh, sticking very well, we might try some orange. And now even the, the super high, even the really high adhesion tan as well too. Now, obviously what you guys know is that um, having a whole arsenal of tapes of this, like this is awesome. You gotta teach your people how to use them correctly because there is a give and take with all this stuff, which is, think about this, the higher the adhesion, the less time you can leave it on. The lower the adhesion, the longer time you can leave it on. So we're literally talking about three days, give or take here. This stuff is wicked. It sticks, it sticks, it sticks. It is an awesome product, but you gotta put it on, paint and take it off. That's it. Uh, it would not be a good idea with almost any masking tape, but especially a high, uh, a high adhesion product to put it on there, leave it for two weeks, especially in the sun and come back and try to get it off. Most tapes will not perform well, especially when that high heat sort of thing. If you think about like a black vinyl window, you put some of this stuff on a black vinyl window and it bakes over the course of weeks, it's gonna be very hard to get off. 
but almost any tape is going to get off. This stuff, um, think about the high humidity, the high heat, a little bit of rain get the, here and there, um, high adhesion. Um, the high adhesion, uh, the orange high adhesion um, is great for some of that stuff too. Uh, you just have another option for that now, uh, especially when we found uh, with painting exteriors, sometimes we'll do all the trim first and then mask off the trim. You guys know who have been doing this for a while. Um, it can be uh, it can be a little tough to get uh, most tapes to, to stick to just painted surfaces because they're kind of curing, they're kind of soft, give or take. Uh, so really, we go we go orange, we go tan. Once in a while on dry summer days, you can you can do blue too. But you have to be really careful with that stuff because uh, one of the hardest surfaces that we get tape to stick to is actually just like exterior paint that we just painted. It's a it's a tricky surface to stick to. So lots of options here like this. Um, green, just all around. It's kind of like the workhorse. It's been there forever. Uh, we've used it for a decade. Uh, great paint, uh, great tape. Uh, yellow, um, so obviously we always think about the yellow as like a lower adhesion, a delicate surface. Oh, sorry, I got, I got interrupted mid-thought. We're probably talking like three days for this, you know? Uh, orange, uh, we're probably talking three days well too. We're going maybe 14 day for the blue. We're going 21 day and we're going 60 day, give or take. Um, so you can tell lower adhesion, longer time, higher adhesion, less time, give or take. With the yellow as well too, um, think about painting cabinets when you have that melamine inside where it's that fake wood grain paper in there. Uh, painter's tape, even delicate painter's tape will sometimes pull that off, but you wanna get a good chance of leaving it intact. Uh, we have that on there. Um, and then blue is obviously our workhorse. Uh, we, if, if I had to get rid of all tapes except one, this would be it. It's just the, it's just all around. It's perfect. It just does what we need to do. It's got the treated edges so we don't get paint bleed. And it just does everything really well. Like even if it didn't have the edges treated, um, it's, it's a very refined high grade blue painter's tape. It just has that added benefit of, uh, of blocking paint and stuff like that. Um, sneaky use for the, uh, for the orange as well too. It, it sticks really, really well to uh, floor prep, things like that. So think about all these um, grip rights and roofing underlayments that all of us painters are using now. It's not just red rosin paper or craft paper or things like that. Um, we're using these things that are staying in place for sometimes weeks and, excuse me, sometimes even months. So you really want to make sure you have a very high tack tape on there. Orange is really good too. And uh, yeah, I saw somebody saying safety orange as well too. It doesn't hurt to have some safety orange around the job site either like that. So um, yeah, other than that, um, let me go through a couple questions here. If you guys have any questions about tape, how you use it, how I use it, ideas, hacks, things like that, you let me know. Otherwise, I've been collecting some questions from people here and I'll hit these things too. But let's go through any viewers here. And I appreciate all you guys watching. Uh, da, 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 Todd Hill, good to see you, my friend. Carlos, how's it going? Uh, fellow uh, Minnesota painter, love watching Carlos Espinoza on uh, on here. John Milkovich, how you doing? Sure, Ryan, another Minnesota painter. Eric Lee, how you doing? Juan Jimenez, love orange, it's my company color. Absolutely, man. Safety orange. Um, do, 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 do. See what, oh, Giuliano Alcantara. Ah, buon noche, my friend. <laughs> Good to see you. All right, uh, Michael Crane, how's it going? Wisconsin painter here, good friend in the industry. Ah, Phil Klein, how you doing, man? Okay, so uh, 
like I said, this show, the AMA, and I'm going to be on here after and the, and the weeks preceding. If you guys have any questions about any, any tape stuff, I'd be happy to do it. Uh, we're going to round out the show with the big to taper, not to tape debate. Uh, not really a debate in my mind, as you know. Uh, but I have collected some, uh, some, um, some questions for people. We're just going to go through those quick. So favorite tape for the price. This is always something nerdy painters start talking about. Well, what about the price? Well, what about the price? So as you guys would expect, uh, I love data and I love feelings. I've tracked Sundry's purchases for years and years and years and years. And in the end, I find out that Sundry's are less than 1% of my revenue. It just is. So now, we job cost heavily in my company. We track every minute somebody works. We, we track every gallon of paint, every quart of paint, things like that that we use. But brushes, rollers, pans, tape. Um, plastic, things like that, floor protection. We do not track because it feels like it's a lot, especially when you, I mean, we get cases and cases and cases of this delivered to the shop every week. It's a lot of money for that stuff, but we do a lot of work and it's reciprocal. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a fraction of what we do. And typically when I find I track it, it's less than, it's less than 1%. So now the big question in my mind is, yes, you can track that percentage and you can attach, when we job cost, we do not put in tape, plastic, patch, roller cover, paintbrush, roll, uh, uh, trays, things like that, because it takes an enormous amount of effort to track that stuff. So you have to think if it's less than 1% of your revenue and you spend an inordinate, inordinate amount of time tracking it, you're actually going to lose money in the end. What I did was I did track it for a lot of years. I realized I didn't have to worry about it. And then I just moved on with my life. So general theory in my company is keep it simple, buy the premium stuff, don't look back, move on with your life. Focus on the human side of it. And buying a premium product and never worrying about it again frees up your bandwidth and everybody else's bandwidth in your company to actually develop other humans. Take care of your clients. Take care of your own apprentices and craftspeople. So favorite tape for the price? Right here. And not even for the price, just my favorite tape. Um, if you have not used the blue uh, commercial frog tape, do yourself a favor and do it. If you haven't used any of these, use them. Some of these are more specific. Delicate is a little more specific, mainly interior use, decorative finishes, delicate surfaces, things like that. Uh, the orange and the tan, we do a lot of like floor protection, stuff like that, little exterior stuff, masonry, hard to stick stuff. Green is just kind of like the all around workhorse. But this stuff, when you're running a company like mine, you just need a lot of tape, a lot of good tape, and a lot of stuff you don't have to worry about. And that's what we've settled on over the years, and especially with the inch and a half size. I used to be a three quarter inch man myself, but especially with apprentices and things like that, you you find out that the extra uh, the extra width of it gives you a little more bandwidth if maybe your plastics, uh, you didn't cut them perfectly and they don't exactly meet or your floor protection doesn't meet. It just gives you that little extra bandwidth to do it, uh, especially for the apprentices and for myself, I should be honest too. So favorite tape for the price, just favorite tape. Uh, what tape do you uh, use to train your people with? Oh yeah, so this right here. Again, uh, training philosophy is um, most of our company is made up of people who have never been in the trades before. And the one thing you don't wanna do is bug them out. So we have a very, very specific onboarding process where we don't want people to be scared. They are, they are not used to the trades. They're thinking there's gonna be a bunch of grumpy old people screaming at them in the trades, which would not be that dissimilar how I grew up in it. 
but it is not that. So number one, we got to like have them put their guard down. That's why I onboard them. They see a familiar face. I was the recruiter. I was the one who did all the interviews and things like that. And I want them to see my face on, on day one. We go through safety training. We go through gear issue, things like that. Uh, we get them a respirator and then we start them in, uh, we get them into our apps and then we start training. And when we train them, we are training 100% on why we do the task for the client and how we do the task, which is the specific steps. What I don't wanna to have to go through is a, is a huge treatise of, here's 11 different kinds of tape and you use this one here and you use this one here and you use this one here, just grab the blue one. If you grab a roll of blue tape in my company, you have selected the right tape for anything. There is not any project we do where if you select a roll of blue tape, you will be wrong. You can always make it work. That's what I love about that. It's just like, it's the one, it, it, it's the one thing that's just like multi-tool. It just does everything. So what tape do you train your people with? We go blue right here. And there are people like my most senior person, uh, Alex Marks, who does have some more specific wishes. And once people have gained the trust and, and know what they're doing and do the craft just beautifully, uh, I can let them select other things like that. But again, they, they know what they're doing. They are masters at this and they have the bandwidth to start messing with other tapes and not necessarily just using one and, and focusing on the client. So, all right, let me go through another couple see what we got here. Uh, John Harrell, how you doing, John? Switch to blue frog tape and no problems. Uh, that's been my experience too. Bob Galensky. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, da, 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 da. All right, ooh, Bob, oh, we're getting into the debate already. We tape base, never sides. I've tried it and just can't find a benefit to it. Boy, do I add some data for you. <laughs> uh, Juan, we use seven cases of Blue Frog a month. Absolutely, Dave Pine, how's it going? Um, do, 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 uh, Bob, do you have a video or something that goes through your apprenticeship program? Yes, if you search for Nick Slavic or Ask a Painter apprenticeship or training, you will definitely find some stuff, uh, but I will have some more videos coming in the new year here, so. Yeah. Oh, wow. Thanks, everybody. Kind words here. All right. Let's see what else we got here for questions that I've collected. Ah, my people in Florida. I get so when we talk about tape a lot, people from like Louisiana, Alabama, Georgia, Florida uh, always get a hold of me and they say, Yeah, Nick, that's fine. You have all these tapes that you use, you have all these recommendations, but what about us in the swamps? It's humid, it rains. Uh, there's, a, there's all sorts of craziness going on. There's lichen and moss growing on houses. It's just humid and damp and we can't get anything to stick. So, all right, Louisiana and Florida people, uh, guess what? It's super humid in here. Uh, I see I see Nick, a fellow uh, Minnesota crafts person up here too, painter and drywaller. It gets humid up here, guys. It gets really, really humid to the point where we have problems getting tapes to stick, especially when you think about spring, early spring painting and fall painting. Right? And then uh, get back into very high adhesion. So this is kind of like nuclear option, rough surface, things like that. Um, insanely good high tack tape but again get it on paint it take it off uh, same thing with orange here too um, i would start with those things these actually work really really well uh, now nuclear option I, I still get from some of my people um, uh, from some of my people you know the louisiana coast and florida they say nick still you don't understand our humidity is different here's what i do this is a um, this is a trick that i've learned years ago 
When you have problems getting tape to stick to interior trim, let's say they pledged it, they put on some sort of furniture polish, some silicone, uh, silicone based furniture polish. Let's say there's grease, uh, things like that, and you're not painting the trim. Let's say it's just a little bit of humidity, or let's say the, uh, there's powdery mildew or regular mildew on the outside. Take a microfiber, uh, with denatured alcohol and scrub all those surfaces, wipe them down. With interior trim, it's actually super easy. We take denatured alcohol once in a while, just give it a quick back and forth like that. You don't wanna go crazy, you don't wanna get it all over carpet and walls and everything else, uh, but that will uh, promote adhesion, especially on exterior stuff. When you're thinking about most of the exterior work we do is vinyl windows and where we wanna prep those off. So tape sticks pretty well, except when that vinyl, when the dew point starts hitting about the, the air temperature and then dew falls on that stuff, you can actually wipe that stuff down or wipe it down and then use denatured alcohol. And as the temps rise, the moisture won't come back. And denatured alcohol is a great way to prep those surfaces. Now, obviously, asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. Uh, if you have 20-year-old vinyl windows and they get a little old, they get a little chalky, they get a little uh, faded from the sun, if you put a bunch of denatured alcohol on them and wipe them, uh, you may alter the appearance of them, obviously. But most of us know that going into it, so uh, not a big deal. But denatured alcohol and a microfiber is kind of a cool little way where um, I, I reserve it in my cabinet and trim process where if you're just a little bit worried about adhesion, even with primers and things like that. Uh, a wipe down with denatured alcohol is kind of like belt and suspenders and does a world of uh, dirt, does a world of use here. So, <laughs> all right, uh, let's see what other questions we got here. Um, oh yeah, that was for the Florida people. Uh, I get a lot of Florida uh, questions. Ah, uh, yeah, so, uh, Biggest hack. So I don't, I don't deal in a lot of hacks <laughs> most of the time. Uh, not a lot of tips and tricks. I, I deal in a lot of like feelings and database things. And especially over the course of 30 years, I found a whole bunch of really fun stuff in between that just really works and not because I have a lot of repetitions doing it. So uh, typically what I will do is the biggest hack, the biggest hack I could tell you is I kind of waffle between like cleaning brush and painter's tool, five-in-one tool, but in combination, people take this stuff for granted. Um, this is unsatisfying, and it's a pretty unsexy hack as far as hacks go. Like, hacks should be something like, oh, I had no idea, and it actually does something good. Um, all the hacks that I traffic in are sort of like no-duh stuff, but they're just really good advice, give or take. So, honestly, the best hack I could give anybody is if you want to improve the quality of your masking. If you feel that masking isn't worth it, you don't get a good result, it takes too long, here's what I would do. In my prep pouch, the cleaning brush and the painter's tool. When I kneel down to, to do some baseboard, the first thing I do is take out the cleaning brush and I brush off that top lip like that. Even if it looks like there's not something on there, you never know. You can even feel uh, furniture polish. You can feel candle wax and fumes. You can feel dirt and grime and things like that uh, if you brush enough baseboards with this stuff. So I brush the baseboard and one of the things I do is, you know, because I only do about three, four feet of baseboard at a time, I brush off three or four feet of baseboard and then I actually lay down my cleaning brush where I left off uh, with cleaning that baseboard. Then I rip off a three or four foot chunk of tape. I don't sit there and like, you know, use the roll and kind of like roll it along like that. Uh, it deforms the tape and it's not quicker. So I just, I take the roll, I snap it, I, I put one end on my leg, I, I put it down and with my two hands, I follow the contour of the wall. And last thing you do, even though uh, this stuff has the, uh, the chemical treatment on the outside to stop paint, I still take 
the wider end right here. And uh, you gotta be really careful. Some of these things get pretty sharp when you get them from the factory and they can cut the tape, but I take the wider end right there and I put it down into that baseboard like this and I don't lay it flat. I just give it like a 15 degree angle like this. And the last thing I do once that tape is down and I've tacked it with my fingers is just run that blade at a 15 degree angle just so that end of it makes contact with the end of the tape. And uh, I found out that uh, you can do uh, entire interiors with no touch-ups uh, based on that. Now, why do we do this? It's got uh, paint block technology. It's got all this other stuff because I got fat fingers. These fingers are not getting into that perfect tiny little 90 degree corner uh, every time in the wall there. And uh, if I do, I'll be wearing off the ends of my fingers. So I can get my fingers in there. I can push it down with my, with my pads and my nails. And then finally, 15 degree, give it one little thing. And you literally can have uh, no touch-ups uh, with interior wall painting, things like that. So that's, if I had a hack, that's an unsexy hack, but it is actually really good advice. I see, uh, even when people do not, uh, young apprentices taping our test bedroom, if they don't, if they forget to do that step, that last little step of pressing it down, they will get some bleed through because they're not trained yet to touch the edge of the tape with all their fingers 100% and they'll probably miss a little bit. And then, uh, yeah, this being a step is kind of belt and suspenders, but it works really, really well. So, all right, let's see what else we got here. Da, 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 da. All right, oh, Michael Crane, Frog Tape 225. I would love some of that stuff. I do not use that regularly in my company. Uh, it'd be fun to get some on there, so. All right, do, 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 do. All right, that was the biggest hack. Uh, okay, caulking tape or wetting the tape with a wet rag. Uh, this person said, I see this uh, all the time, but it seems redundant. Um, if we have the paint block technology, should we need to do it? I will tell you, no, I don't. I, I see people that I know and trust go through the extra process of either caulking the edge of the tape or uh, wetting the edge of the tape. Uh, I don't do that stuff. Um, I've learned a way where if I don't have to put another step in there, I will not do it. Long ago, uh, when the wall paint technology was not quite there, uh, whenever I put a patch in the wall, I had a gallon of primer and I had a brush in the, in the gallon and I would actually spot prime all my um, patches in a room. And there could be 75, 80 patches in a room. And because the paint, uh, the, I was using really good paint, but it just had a tendency to like flash a little bit. You know, you'd get a dead spot, things like that. And uh, eventually I started using like uh, Sherwin-Williams Duration Home Matte. And uh, two coats of that covered perfectly over patches. So then I was able to cut out an entire step of spot primer. We didn't have to have a brush. We didn't have to have primer and things like that. Same thing with that. When I set out and they said there's paint block technology and I tried it and there was no touch-ups, I didn't see the need to add any steps to it. Now, asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. Um, when I do, when I do uh, decorative stripes, especially over an orange peel, a knockdown and things like that, it is very hard to get a good tape line. So you get two options there. I'm still not a fan of the caulking thing. Uh, for anybody who's done that before, you know, it can leave a pretty weird kind of rubbery ridge on the wall. Also, when you pull the tape, it'll actually pull some caulking too, which doesn't always make for the cleanest line. Um, I don't really wet the edges either, but the one thing that I do is, um, uh, and I'll go through this when we go through the Mastering the Basics, the tape series. Um, but what I do is <laughs> when I get my decorative, uh, think about a knockdown or an orange peel textured wall, you know, or even a hand troweled wall like we see in our Florida, uh, our Florida friends a lot. 
I'll get my stripes laid out and I'll lay down the base coat for everything. And I usually go with the, the most used color first. So maybe we just have all the walls, things like that. I'll go with the second used, third, fourth, fifth, and depending on how many colors we have in the stripe. I'll do the backgrounds and every time I switch colors, I mask off the area that I want to preserve, you know, so uh, you have a, uh, a red stripe behind here. I'll tape over that red stripe. And then what I will do is actually take red paint, the same red paint I use there, paint right over that tape. The red paint, if it's going to bleed, will bleed, but it'll bleed onto red, red onto red. The rest of it will be stopped and that creates a nice line. And then I paint, you know, the, the next one, the orange or something over the top of it and there's no bleed. So I prefer that because that red brush is already out. You're not wetting it with a rag, uh, and, and even that is not a perfect um, a solution for that. You can still get bleed by. So I've always done the paint a red stripe, mask over the red stripe to preserve it, paint the edges of the tape again with the red, and if you're gonna get any bleed by, it's already red, and then you move on with your life. So that's always been my little uh, trick with all that stuff, and I absolutely love that stuff. Uh, it's, a, it's a good process to do, especially on textured walls. A lot of times, um, a nice smooth walls that I've already painted, I know that it's a good film and uh, smooth, especially when you get into like uh, some of the delicate stuff is really good because it's actually a thinner paper in the tape. So when you're doing stripes or decorative features on a wall, it doesn't leave that fat ridge that you gotta sand or a, or a putty over or a drywall over, a drywall skim coat over later, uh, which is kind of nice too. So, um, all right, let's see what else we got here. Da, 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 da. All right, all right, last one. So, all right, uh, the debate of to tape or not to tape. So when I put a call out for tape, uh, I did get a bunch of people saying, well, if you use tape, you're a hack. Uh, you can't actually paint. Um, there are very few times that I take like a very strong stance and really say like, no, this is kind of the way to do it. Because I am a true believer that if you're making money for your business and your family's taken care of and your employees are taken care of and your clients are getting an immense amount of value, kind of doesn't matter how you do it. The problem is I've never met anybody who took me up on the challenge of painting my test bedroom without tape and seeing if they can beat our quality and our time. So here's how it, here's how it kind of lays out. Um, we have a test bedroom that's a 15 by 15 foot master bedroom replica in my shop. It has baseboards, it has doors, it has windows, it has outlets, it has a closet outline, it's got a textured ceiling. We put a whole bunch of wall damage in there and then we actually test all my apprentices on it. And in their first three months, they have to complete that prep, top one, top two, deep prep and clean in four hours, which would be about 20% under budget from what we would sell a room like that. Uh, the highest performers in my company can do it under an hour and a half, give or take. Obviously, it's a unique situation. There's no carpet. We still use drop closets. There's no furniture. And you kind of don't have a client there, uh, you know, looking over your shoulder, things like that. So we know an hour and a half. And sometimes even four hours is tough to do in an actual house when you have all those other variables. Uh, but the general idea is I just propose a thought experiment all the time. And I don't want to push back on people because I know there's a lot of good people uh, out there who want the best for their customers. Some of them may not tape. But in my I've tried everything, folks. You have to know that by now. It's been 30 years for me. I am a curious mind. I try everything. I cannot find a way to do it to our quality standard and to our time standard by not taping at all. Even for the fact, let's say you're a really good cutter, all right? Let's say you're a massively talented cutter who can just sit down on a baseboard, run a brush over, and you're done. Good. The problem is, 
when you take a roller full of that paint and you put two coats of paint on that wall, there will be micro dots of that paint that will hit that trim, especially the baseboard as it falls like that. You can tell me you have a magic paint and you have a magic roller cover that's never once shed a micro dot. Uh, and I want to believe you, but I don't. I know some people who also say, well, I don't, I don't tape the baseboards. I just take a wet rag after and then wipe it up. That seems wildly variable to me. Now, think about this. For a process to be good and replicable, uh, we have to do the same thing, a standard operating procedure over and over and over again. The process in my company to paint the walls uh, in a bedroom is a 22-step process from when the time you pull up to the house to the time you load your stuff back up and in between. And it takes between 11 and 17 minutes for me to mask off a standard 15 by 15 foot bedroom. We're talking windows, doors, baseboard, things like that. That to me is an amazing investment in time, not that much time. People think it takes hours and hours. It takes a roll of tape, which is a couple bucks, and about 11 to 15, 11 to 17 minutes, give or take, uh, depending on the craftsperson or the apprentice working on it. And that's in a four-hour bedroom, give or take. So for me, you're not really saving a lot of time on that. Um, now, as always, I'm open to have my mind changed, but I do know this. Over the six-some years I've been doing Ask a Painter, people will always say, you're, Nick, you're wasting your time with all this. You've got prep pouches. you got the tools. you got brushes. you got tape. you got this and that. It's a lot of pain in the rear end, and it's a lot of wasted money. I will just ask anybody, if you can get the quality standard, if you can keep your lines as sharp as ours, no little micro dots of paint on the wood and beat the craftspeople in my company, I'll consider switching over. But I know that for this process to be replicable, a lot of people say they're amazing cutters and I've been doing this for 20 years, I'm really good. The problem is I don't have 20 years to teach my apprentices. That's not a replicable system. Wiping baseboards doesn't feel good to me. Um, I need my people to get razor sharp lines quickly and I found that it's masking. Masking is the way where uh, Apprentices, especially people who have never been in the trades before, decent human beings, can prep a hell of a lot better than they can paint in their first couple months. So I say, great, prep. And then the prep will kind of be the bumpers in the in the game of uh, bowling, where they can kind of you know if the if they if their brush um, if their brushwork isn't as uh, where it should be. Guess what? There's tape. There's guidelines there. Things like that. So for me, I can't find enough reason not to tape. Uh, I know that um, most of the people I look up to in the industry as the master, master craftspeople, uh, magically you will find lots of plastic, lots of tape, things like that. And I am a firm believer in it. So if anybody wants to take me up on the challenge and do a quality and speed check uh, to prove that you can do it as fast as some of my people, I'll put you up against uh, some of our best and we'll see what you can do. But for me, it's more of a thought experiment. You know, this is not me pushing back on the industry. I'm a firm believer that um, most of what we do is prep with a little bit of painting. And uh, some people are just getting impatient and go right to the painting. And I, if you're taking care of your clients, taking care of you, good. It's just not for, my, for me and my company. So, um, all right. If there's any, oh, let's check for any more questions here. Da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. Oh, thanks for watching everybody. This is awesome. Oh, Matt Kuiper, how's it going? Good to see you guys. All right.
All right, everybody. Thank you for watching. Uh, it is Sunday night. Back to family time for me. Uh, this show is going to be a kickoff show for a series of Mastering the Basic uh, posts and videos that I'll be doing where I'm going to showcase a very specific use, a very specific bit of training that I do for each one of these um, uses, each one of these tapes uh, in the coming months here. So look forward to that. It's going to be uh, an absolutely awesome time. Also, uh, if you go to the Ask Painter Live page, I have a pin post with my next four master's classes on it. Uh, the next one will be in Minnesota at the Graco World Headquarters with our friends from Sherwin-Williams this next Friday. If you can make it, I promise you uh, it will not disappoint. You're going to see people you know and love from the internet, the Gathering of Minnesota Painters, Jason Paris, all the other people you love from Minnesota and the surrounding states here. It's going to be an absolute blast. Tons and tons of people. Uh, Jason and I will be doing a joint presentation because it's our home state. We're going to get to see the robots in the factory, uh, the uh, expanded Graco World Headquarters, and it's going to be absolutely awesome. Uh, more classes, mini Midwest tour coming up here. And if you want a master's class in your area, you just get a hold of me and we can set one up. So, all right, I'm looking forward to uh, doing Mastering the Basics with tape and masking and prep with you guys. That'll be coming up shortly. Otherwise, I appreciate you watching, especially on a Sunday night, and we will see you next week. Paint Ed podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPaintEd.org.